0: It's the tip of the spear in the epic battle to defend the United States of America. The National Security Hour exposes the wolves in sheep's clothing and their nefarious plots to undermine and destroy U.S. national security. Welcome to the National Security Hour. I'm Ed Huglin, your host for this evening. Today, in this episode, I'll discuss three specific areas being used in this ongoing cognitive war to advance both the domestic and global efforts of our adversaries in this war. We'll cover deception, deceit, and destruction. I pulled three to five articles from the news. It really doesn't matter when I pulled them, but because I can choose any specific day of the week, I choose any month, I can find many articles of the same. But I'll use them to highlight how deception, deceit, and destruction are all part of a portfolio, a portfolio of capabilities used to subvert America, to grab power, absolute power, and do so in a way that most Americans are failing to see and fail to understand. Albeit, Americans today are becoming more clear and starting to realize something's amiss. The Republican democracy we once knew from the 60s, 70s, and 80s started to change in the 90s and 2000s. And the use of deception, deceit, and destruction by our adversaries over these last several decades have been very effective. The problem is, is that once our adversaries start to gain a foothold, which they have very good strong foothold across a variety of different spaces, economic, political, social, educational, in the military. Once they've gained places like that and footholds in those places, it's very hard for them to let go. They leverage the bureaucracy of the state, which is there to serve the people of the Republic. It's there to serve the people of the Republic. They leverage that bureaucracy as the weapon now against the people, and this must change. To help this change take place, we have to educate and inform the American public of actually what's going on. So in these three articles, I give you some examples of how different aspects of deceit, disinformation, and destruction are taking place today in America. Americans must understand what is happening before your eyes is not normal politics. Dispel that notion, that's gone out the window over a decade ago, because the quest for power, which is a blood sport, is not politics. It's a cognitive war, which uses various ways and means to achieve its desired end, which is gaining power, absolute power. The progressive radical Democrats of today as I've discussed in this program in many episodes. And their allies understand and leverage our own lack of strategic forethought, our myopic focus on the near term and the day to day, and more so they leverage our inherent trust in our fellow citizens and in the trust in the institutions of elected f- officials to their advantage. They know we believe this is normal politics going on day to day, And they use this trust that we have in institutions and people against us because they've weaponized the bureaucracy, not just the national security apparatus, but they've weaponized many aspects of the bureaucracy against us. And because now the radical left has usurped power within the Democratic Party, they'll do whatever is necessary to hang on to that power. As I've talked with other guests on this program. They will continue to push and do things more radical in more nefarious ways until they're actually stopped. And we can stop them. Americans are resilient, and we still have the rule of law. We still have the vote, and we still have the means to exercise and voice our opinions but we cannot be successful if we're the silent majority. And this goes for all true Democrats, Republicans, conservatives, and independents. They understand we are more likely to excuse or compartmentalize the chaos we're seeing on a day-to-day basis, the terror we see in our streets, and their actions from this war of terror, rather than believing or admitting what we see, or acknowledging the shocking dismemberment of our republic that taking place before our eyes. We must start to believe what we see is real because it is. The theory behind this psychological phenomenon of denial is the polyvagal field theory. I've talked about it before, I'm not gonna recover it here. You can go back to prior shows. So let me start with an article written in the Epic Times by Gary Baye on. Ram Swamy, the GOP presidential candidate and his experience with what I call socialist media. Now, when I first got out of the intelligence community, because in the intelligence community, you want to maintain a low profile, but when I first got out of the intelligence community, I got onto a number of these socialist media sites, more of an experiment to see what was going on and how they would react to different streams and different narratives because I had written on the cognitive war before my departure from the intelligence community and department of defense. And I wanted to sort of do an experiment to see, okay, what exactly would be the reaction? So on a platform called LinkedIn, I would write fairly direct notes about the radical left and their efforts to undermine and subvert this country. And what was interesting there, is that LinkedIn would come back and give me warnings about my postings, but very rarely. But what I would also see is I would see a number of different Russian and Chinese trolls on the system, number of honeypots on the system, all out control. And then one day, one day when I wrote An opinion on a Washington Post article that depicted Republicans as rats, much like the Nazis depicted Jews as rats before the genocide and the Holocaust. When I highlighted that comparison, I received a note from LinkedIn that my account was suspended. Subsequently, a few minutes later on, I received another note saying, in fact, my Post did not affect the policy or did not offend the policy, but was okay. But they never replatformed me. What was interesting was at that point in time, I was getting several 10,000 plus likes on every single post that I had, some of the 30,000 I saw, maybe not significant, but it it was a number that was growing. But I was silenced. So in this deceptive effort here, you have a platform, in my opinion, like LinkedIn that goes out there and says that they're here to help the free market, says that they're here to help with the advancement of business across America. But what I found over time with a number of users besides myself as well, through our discourse and collaboration, is that their voices, my voice and others who have stowed conservative opinions, conservative viewpoints were censored, or platform At the same time, the Chinese and Russian trolls roamed free, and the rabbit left. This propaganda and progressive liberal viewpoints were pushed, and so all they they didn't deplatform everyone. They deplatformed a lot of people. And Ramaswamy is a perfect example, and it goes to his charge in this article by Gary Bai, of election interference. And LinkedIn has censored a GOP candidate over his comments on China, climate change, and other areas. And Vivek Ramaswamy's point was, if they can do it to me, they can do it to anyone. It's remarkable that expressing fact-based views on climate policy and China-related policy, including legitimate criticism of President Biden would result in outright censorship, outright censorship by a Microsoft-owned social media company. But for our audience and people out there today, this is nothing. You've seen this daily in the news. You saw this massively during the COVID situations. When multiple people were censored and shut down for not following the science, the fictional science that was put out by Dr. Fauci and others. When they put out actual science, which was true, which now we find out it was true, several years later, after the fact, too late. But they were censored and have been censored. So what happened to this GOP candidate is not nothing out of the ordinary, but what it is pointing to is the level of deception that these socialist media platforms and our mainstream media and other will go to to try to cover themselves as being pro-democracy, pro-free speech, but they're exactly the opposite. Ramaswamy said basically that big tech election interference has begun. The CCP is playing the Biden administration like a Chinese mandolin. China has weaponized the woke pandemic to stay one step ahead of us, and it's working. In another post, he wrote, uh, if the climate change is really about climate, if the climate religion is really about climate change, then they'd worry about saying shifting oil production from places like Russia to China. So what he's doing, he's pointing out the truth, and yet he was uncensored. But who makes the decision? Who makes the decision at LinkedIn, at Twitter, another place where I've been deplatformed for telling the truth, for putting out facts? Who makes the decision to deplatform people? It's some subjective person, more likely – based on the socialist media companies, a liberal progressive millennial or younger who has no history, no background in the history of civics or understanding of world history and what's happened in the prior former Soviet Union and the subjugation of those countries. And yet here, they're the ones making the decision whether you or I are telling the truth and what we should be putting forth as the truth. But they do it under the auspices and deceit that they're a fair and balanced, appropriate social media platform that is trying to protect the public interests. No, in my opinion, what they're trying to do is ensure the public interests align with what their liberal, progressive, radical friends want it to be, and to deny the truth, delay the truth, and hide the truth. Now, this deceit is part of the ongoing domestic as well as global cognitive work. Because as I've written in my theory of the information equilibrium, the main difference between democracy and freedom is the flow, constriction, or access to information. So much like China is doing this on a global scale, controlling the flow of information to its people, but also to others and influencing others. Domestically in the United States, we see our members of Congress, mainstream media, and these social media companies also do this using deceit. And just recently we've seen the censorship of certain congressmen who completely lied to the American people for several years about the Russian dossiers, stuff like that, to me, which is not a level of accountability that's justified. It should be much worse than that. But that level of deceit continues. In another article, The Official Truth, The End of Free Speech That Will End America, by J.B. Shirk in the Gatestone Institute, the American Policy Institute, He writes, Americans hold almost diametrically opposing views from those that news corporations predominantly broadcast as the official truth. We hold diametrically opposed views from what we're hearing on the mainstream media. And what's amazing about this is that if we hold diametrically opposed views for the most part, Democratic, Republican, Independent, then why the hell are people voting the same way as they go to the polls? They know that they're being fed lies by the mainstream media and these surveys and other things suggest that, but they continue to support that. He goes on to say, journalists and spies advance a fraud, a fraud on voters as part of the effort to censor a damaging story and help Biden win. Well, at the time, those of us across the United States knew that. Those of us like myself from the intelligence community Looking at the Hunter Biden laptop and seeing what was happening, we knew it was a fraud. But yet, you had former heads at the time, heads of the intelligence community, John Brennan, Jim Clapper, Jim Comey, Congress people like Adam Schiff, Swalwell, and others blatantly lie to America and say this was disinformation. This is all part of the deceit. Okay, to deceive you, to deny you the Americans the rightful facts and information. He goes on to write, Mr. Shirt, that the government apparently took the public censorship's concerns so seriously that it quietly moved on to collapse a board, which we all remember now, the DHS Disinformation Governance Board, basically the Ministry of Truth, that uh, the uh, truthful... Secretary to Homeland Security Mayorkas tried to stand up. Although this board was ostensibly geared towards countering disinformation arising from foreign threats, we all knew that what it was being used for was basically to shut down and censor the American public, shut down and censor dissent in the American public. So again, here's another level of deceit being used. Then it's Democrat Senator Mark Michael Bennett. Democrat Senator Michael Bennett, he writes in this article, has proposed a bill that would create a federal digital platform commission. Sounds nice. Federal digital platform commission with authority to promulgate rules, impose civil penalties and hold hearings, conduct investigations and support research. Effectively, just like the socialist media companies using the auspices of government authority and deceit, to allow a small number of unelected commissioners, unelected bureaucrats to have de facto power to monitor and police online communications. What the hell are we, China here? Are we Russia here? Are they going to have stormtroopers come to everyone's door because they're telling facts that contradict what the official government position is? It really is the criminalization of free speech, and it is real, a threat today in America. It's a true threat today in America. He goes on to write, America is now plagued with the stench of official snitch lines. So you see this on a daily basis. All sorts of snitches go out and report on things. It's amazing. But we, the American people, are allowing this to happen because we're not voting we're not standing up. We're not speaking. And I'll come back to that towards the end of the program. Before I go on break, though, you can find out more about my show and other great shows on the American Out Loud network and especially the NAS Security Hour an outstanding set of programs. If you go to the menu bar, navigation bar at AmericanOutloud.com, look under shows, look under schedule, and you see the NAS Security Hour and a whole slew of other great programs. We play 7 o'clock Eastern every night, Monday through Friday. I'll be right back. The pandemic may be
1: over for some, but millions of Americans are needlessly suffering from the long haul effects of toxic spike protein from COVID-19 and the vaccines. You've heard Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at the wellness company discuss the harmful effects of spike protein in your body. And now they found the solution. The miracle enzyme kinase Their spike support formula contains natokinase, the most compelling and scientifically supported approach to safely clear spike protein out of the body. What's more, spike support is optimized with other all natural non GMO ingredients, like dandelion root, to help prevent spike protein from binding to your cells. Everyone should take daily spike support so you can feel your best. America Out Loud listeners can go to outloudcare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order.
2: Take back your sleep. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order, risk-free. Love it or your money back, guaranteed. HealthyCell.com, code OUTLOUD. HealthyCell.com, code OUTLOUD. We know you love the versatility and portability of the Genesis Fogger, but sometimes you just want to set it and forget it. Well, we heard you. Introducing the UX4 HOCL Atomizer,
0: Welcome back to the National Security Hour. I'm Ed Hudlin, your host for this evening. And today I'm talking about deception, disinformation, and destruction. And how these different weapons are being used both globally and domestically against us in America and others around the world to drive quests for absolute power. So where I left off, I was talking about an article from American Policy Institute by J.B. Shirk. From the Gatestone Institute on America's distrust of media and how deceiving our mainstream media, our socialist media companies, and others can be. And he writes, according to a survey by Rasmussen Report, 59% of likely voters in the United States view the corporate news media as truly the enemy of the people. He writes, this is a majority view held regardless of race. 58% 58% of whites, 51% of black voters, and 68% sixty-eight percent of other minorities. All agree the mainstream media has become their enemy. He writes, the scorching indictment of the fourth estate piggybacks similar polling from Harvard Harris showing that Americans hold almost diametrically opposing views from those that the news corporations broadcast daily. Now you heard me on this program talk about this being the fifth column, the mainstream media being the fifth column. So over the last several decades, we've had our once free press become the fifth column of subversion, echoing and parroting one political arms agenda, ideological agenda, socialist agenda, using a variety of different issues and other aspects. We saw the same news media, media hide behind the intelligence community liars, the 51 liars who came out and wrote the article and then penned a letter with Michael Moore and others, Brandon Clapper and others, Hayden, to tell us the Hunter Laptop was false. But we all know that's not true now, but we knew it, many of us back then. But if we wrote about it, we were censored, we were shut down, okay, and in many cases deplatformed. We cannot afford in America to have a number of unelected bureaucrats, unelected bureaucrats with subjective opinions, who are rewarded based on how they serve their master bureaucrats to be the deciders of what's truth, fiction, or fact. One is they don't have the capability, they don't have the bandwidth, and they don't have the expertise. He writes, not a day seems to go by without some new battle for an opening in the war on free speech and free thought. The ritual stengel of the Council on Foreign Relations has been increasingly vocal about the importance of journalists and think tanks to act as primary provocateurs and propagandists who have to, who have to manipulate the American population and shape the public's perception of world events. Now, the Council on Foreign Relations, when I was in the intelligence community, was viewed as one of the pristine organizations to engage with. This tells you all you need to know, and far how far left the intelligence community has gone, and why I continually advocate for a complete overhaul of the intelligence community, its weaponization, politicization. Okay, but why is it it got to this point? It's because Americans trusted. They trusted in these institutions, they trusted in these leaderships, much as I did throughout most of my career, but as my career went on over the last four decades, I fully understood what was actually going on and how deceitful the top leadership was. The masses of people in these organizations are true Americans, true patriots, doing God's work to help save and protect America. But the seniors in charge understood this level of trust and hid behind the classification aspect to politicize and weaponize the intelligence community. This is the deceit. This is the deceit of America. Over the last six decades, we've seen the takeover of truly critical but mundane, or what I refer to as the critically boring stuff, like school boards, city councils, human resource departments, the education and legal system, in a federal civil service bureaucracy, but now you understand why. They use these deceitful methods and measures to put their cronies in place who serve not you, the state and based on their oath of office, the constitution, but instead they serve themselves in the bureaucracy, they protect the bureaucracy and they look to advance the bureaucracy to rule the public, not serve the public. All you have to do is open your eyes you can see this in a day-to-day basis. So how does one fight back for this? Well, you gotta get in elections. You gotta get involved in your local elections, state elections, city council elections. You have to get involved in primary elections. You have to drive civics back into education. You have to ensure our children are being taught history and fact, and you have to start moving from the emotional arguments which the radical left uses to deceive people because emotion drives a lot, and counter, not only counter, but proactively drive the positive American narratives about our great country, about the opportunities of this country, about the freedoms we have, the growth we've had, the prosperity we have, and the benefits that you will find no place else in this world. Americans by birth are the most privileged people on earth. That's not what you hear from the radical left, because as Michael Walsh said in a prior interview with me, their only intent is to destroy and destruct, which is the last segment of this program. They don't build anything. Have you noticed that? Through this deceit, through this disinformation and destruction, there's not anything positive being built. And this is no more exemplified than in their progressive liberal cities. The lemmings of the left who continue to vote for Democrats in these liberal progressive cities are finding themselves in the crap holes of America now. Let's move on to disinformation. In the renewedright.com, an article came out there on disinformation about Barack Obama. It says, Barack Obama has an ace up his sleeve to silence conservatives. So why would former President Obama get involved in the disinformation arena? Well, we don't need a digital fingerprint to identify Barack Obama Is what Barack Obama suggested in this article is for writers and other people online to have digital fingerprints so we could tell what truth, fact, or fiction is. Well again, someone has to decide whether truth, fact, or fiction is, what it is. Now, digital fingerprints from a technical standpoint can be very useful regarding pictures and deep fakes, but not for misinformation, disinformation. So who decides what's misinformation? Well, in, in the Democrats' eyes, Satan's allies, in my opinion, they do. Do we not see their intent here. Did we not learn from the China flu, the COVID flu lockdowns and the suppression of real science? And look at the decimation and the deaths from the actual vaccines now. And look at the impacts on the young people from these actual vaccines, which are forced and mandated not only in them but our military. We lost a lot of pilots. Our military readiness went down. Our recruitment went down. But in our public eyes, we had a number of nurses departures and doctors depart because they couldn't put up with this tyrannical, dystopian level of disinformation being pushed. But what's worse is you have an American public that so willingly accepted this disinformation despite voices of reason, voices of fact coming out to lay out what's actually going on in America and tell the public what the facts were. But why didn't it happen? Because the deceit, they were all deep platform and censors for the most part. In this article, they said Democrats are losing control of the narrative. Well, I would disagree with that. I think Democrats control the narrative still for the most part. But they are losing part of the narrative. And why? Part of the narrative they're losing is because here in America, as we talked about in the last segment, Americans realize the mainstream media is no more the free press. It's a fifth column of subversion who lies to them. So Obama was being interviewed by his former advisor, David Laxarod, and where he said there's a need for digital fingerprints, quoting, the need for us, the general public, I think, to be more discriminating consumer of news and information, the need for us over time to develop technologies to create watermarks or digital fingerprints so we know what is true and what is not true. There's a whole bunch of work going on to have this done here, but in short term, it's really going to be up to the American people to kind of say, well, He's right there, except to you and I, and the listeners here, and others, to say, "Hell no," to a number of different projects and programs that they're trying to push here, and disinformation. The progressive radical left is extremely adept at disinformation, much like China and Russia are. And when you take a look at their tactics, techniques, and procedures, they're the same ones being used for the last hundred years by the radical left using various ideologies, socialism, fascism, communism, various issues, economics, social welfare, transgenderism, or using religion to then shut down things, different things. And most recently we see some of this different information and stuff being popped back up again because of the Durham trials and what's going on with the Durham trials. But we have to stop reacting. We have to stop reacting to this disinformation. We have to start putting forth actual information. So for all the presidential candidates out there, you need to start laying out what your policies are for how are you going to address and make sure America continue to have free speech, their Second Amendment rights, their constitutional rights, and how you're going to reform our national security apparatus and the American bureaucracy to move it from being a weaponized state against the people to going back to serving the people in an apolitical manner. And you're gonna have to go back and take a look at, based on the disinformation and lies that occurred, if, if we get back into office, and that's a big if, to reopen cases and prosecute those people who lied to the American people, not just for the felonies or perjury they committed, but in my opinion, for treason or subversion or insurrection, much like they charged the January 6th people for what's walking into the Capitol. So now you have people inside the Capitol who walked inside the Capitol serving four or five, six year prison terms for walking inside the Capitol, being bankrupt and such. But here you have former intelligence community leaders, 51 of them, and three leaders in particular, Brendan Clapper Comey who went out and lied to the American public, lied to the American people, and pushed a false dossier to subvert sub, subvert a duly elected president and administration. And for Donald Trump, if you're listening, this isn't about you, sir. This isn't about you. This is about America. You're just the current target. This is going on long before you arrived. It just they took it to another level because you were willing to fight back. Unlike most conservatives, so kudos for you on that. But for you, Desantis, Nikki Haley, whoever gets in, Tim Scott, okay, you're going to have to figure out a way. And I've written about this, and I will in my forthcoming book on cognitive warfare: how you overhaul the bureaucracy, over how you overhaul national security apparatus to stop this deceit, to stop this disinformation, because Americans can't take this. Americans have to trust in their institutions and have to trust in their people. And so Congress, you do hold now the power of the purse. And so it is good to see that you're willing to use the power of the purse than to have major financial impacts on different portions of the bureaucracy because the bureaucracy has grown far too large, far too enormous. And because it's being weaponized at all levels against the American people, it has to be cut back in part and put back into place. And its current leadership, in terms of generals, admirals, and senior executives need to be cut back in part and put back into place as well because there's far too many of them out there. And so you have one branch of government right now. Supposedly we have two branches of government with the Supreme Court of the United States, but the Supreme Court of the United States seems to be somewhat ineffective in holding to account supporting the constitutional rights of the average American citizens, given the prosecutions that have gone on, not only with the January Sixers, but with many innocents that were persecuted and prosecuted under the Obama and Biden administrations. Persecuted and prosecuted under the O'Biden administrations for just exercising their duly constitutional rights. States, attorney generals, legislatures. This is a battle between the federal government and the state-level government. This disinformation and deceit campaign is affecting everything you do as well. This disinformation and deceit is widespread. It goes to the illegal immigration, it goes to social welfare programs, it goes to the fentanyl, drug abuse, and actually all those different aspects, because the information is being hidden. And as I wrote in the theory of the information equilibrium, the control and access to the flow of information is critically important in this ongoing cognitive war, because it's the way to manipulate, control, and influence the American people. And much as this fellow, as much as this fellow here from the Council on Foreign Relations, Richard Stengel, noted that journalists and think tanks have to be primarily provocateurs, propagandists and have to manipulate the American population. This is going on at all levels, not only in the non-governmental organizations, but across our whole government, and it has to stop. So what do we do in this instance? Well, we have to have a strategy. We have to have a plan. There is no unified conservative plan or action. Everybody wants to be a leader. Everybody wants to be out there. Well, you know what? We have to come together and we have to have a formulated plan because the radical left does. They have a detailed strategy. They have detailed tactics. And they're methodical in their execution of plan. We lack the strategic thinking. We lack a strategy. We lack plans. We have a myopic focus that serves us no good and we define the future we defer to others. What I mean by that is that here in America, we have the power of the vote, we have the power of the people. But to move that forward, we have to define the future we want. And that's why politicians have to tell us what they're going to do to advance America. And they have to do it by laying out a truly strategic plan that talks about what we're doing not only here in America, but worldwide, not only for the next five years, but for the next 100 to 200 years. There has to be a strategy that ties certain ways and means to reach those specific ends. And that's then exemplified in an implementation plan that details how that would take place and which policies will advance that. We have to move from the emotional arguments to the logical arguments. And we have to get away from a myopic focus and start defining our own future for us. So before I go on break, American Out Loud Talk Radio plays on iHeartRadio Network. You can also listen to our media play from any web browser anywhere in the world. We have the best-in-class applications available on Apple, Android, and Alexa. We stream 24 by 7 with those applications. And now you can hear them on our podcasts any time of the day or week. Just go to americaoutloud.com. That's americaoutloud.com. I'll be right back to talk more about Next, the last section, destruction. America Out Loud beats to the
2: pulse of our nation. We know when you're angry, you're troubled, confused, glad, and thankful. Well, we know you because we are you. AmericaOutloud.com. Join us as we explore the most important issues of our time.
1: America Out Loud Talk Radio, the liberty and justice for all. The pandemic may be over for some, but millions of Americans are needlessly suffering from the long-term effects of toxic spike protein from COVID-19 and the vaccines. Fortunately, Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at the Wellness Company designed their spike support formula with the miracle enzyme natokinase, scientifically studied to dissolve spike protein so you can feel your very best. Go to outloudcare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order.
0: Welcome back to Mass Security Hour. I'm Ed Oakland, your host for this evening. And today we're talking about deception, disinformation, and destruction and how these tactics are being used by the radical progressive left, both domestically and globally, to undermine and subvert America. So in this last section, I'm going to talk about destruction in two specific areas, one related to global efforts by China, another effort related to domestic. So if we take a look at a good Epic Times article written by Bill Pan and Jan Jakilik. They state the United States' dependence on Chinese-made extra-high-voltage transformers is making it easier for China's communist regime to switch off the U.S. power grid and throw away our country, throw our country into chaos. And this, came, uh, this warning came from Tommy Waller, president of the Center for Security Policy. So what's interesting here is when I was in the United States Intelligence Community and Department of Defense, one of the things I brief uh, frequently inside the Pentagon, but also externally, as I also taught at the Army War College each year on cognitive warfare, was for Americans to realize that we are extremely vulnerable in a variety of different ways. And one of the ways is destruction of our electrical grid, our electrical system and its capabilities. Now, we all remember the colonial pipeline incident here on the East Coast when for a few days that pipeline was shut down. What happened is everything else shut down. Transportation shut down, the military shut down because they couldn't get critical pieces and parts to their own stations. People had to stay home, they couldn't go to work because gas ran out. Now, that's a small, small aspect of what happens if the electrical grid goes out. Our food production, our supply chain, Our energy production, basics such as water, electricity, and even air for people who have health issues, as I said, all those depend on electricity. Now, America still thinks that because we have two oceans, we're impervious to direct assault. You need to dispel that notion and wake up to the reality of what can happen here in America and how I would go about briefing this before I go back into the article, is that within 24 hours of an electrical grid being shut down, doesn't have to be the whole United States, it just could be a region of the United States, within 24 hours, chaos and panic is gonna start to ensue. Within 48 hours, there'll be mass mayhem, looting and destruction, and why? Because at that point, people will be running out of the basics, food, water, electricity, and other things they need to stay alive. And for those military folks out there who I broke brief to the Pentagon and other places on this, you're going to be given a choice. You're going to be given an effort to go out and either resolve these issues across America and fulfill your mission or leave your family behind. Now, what do you think they're going to do? Our military here in the United States, the Guard and other stuff, will be asked to deploy, but they're going to be asked to deploy to leave their families behind, to fend for themselves, and either starve or die. Now, you think this is a false scenario? No, no. This could happen at any day, at any time. And adversaries could make it happen. And one way they could make it happen is in this article... By Bill Pan and Jan Cikilik on unrestricted warfare in the Epic Times it is China and the use of the electrical grid. The article goes on to say when we say the grid, we're talking about the whole system that generates electricity, transmits it, and distributes it across the country at extremely high voltages to minimize losses over long distances. These critical high voltage transformers are needed to step up the voltage. These, abs- these, these assets are absolutely critical. But what most Americans don't understand, which is still amazing to me, because we've had this issue with the Russian hacks on our infrastructure grid and other things for a long time here now. What's still amazing to me is we only still have a limited number of these assets. We can't afford to lose these for really any reason because they, right here, whether it's because they're manufactured or with malicious intent to manipulate them or if they're attacked from different forms. Why? Because there's only so many of them. In many cases, they take potentially years to construct and build. Now, I've talked with Dr. Yen about this, on China's unrestricted warfare, and that's gonna play in here in just a second. Now, China's unrestricted warfare is cognitive warfare in action. And they use deceit, they use disinformation, they use destruction, much as I'm talking here all facets in their cognitive war against America. And they write this article in 2020, the Wall Street Journal reported that U.S. officials had seized a 250-ton Chinese-built transformer they suspected had been meddled with and sent, sent it to the U.S. Department of Energy at the Sandia National Labs for inspection. According to the report, officials found electronics that should not have been part of the transformer or hardware backdoors that could secretly allow Chinese to effectively gain control of these transformers. So when you have this type of capability, you don't have to shut down everything all at once. You could do it partially. You could do it on and off switch to cause massive chaos and mayhem. As I've said, within 24 to 48 hours, one portion of the United States, you can have massive chaos, anarchy, and martial law. One method of unrestricted warfare there, right, is looking for these critical vulnerabilities of society and figuring out how to exploit these. So the United States, of course, our military and others, we look to target different organizations and stuff for the long term, but we look at it mostly from a kinetic aspect. We don't look at it from a cognitive aspect. China and Russia have multiple vulnerabilities that we fail to exploit in this realm. To look at how we could destroy, and dis- destroy an impact, and cause them to react to what we want as our future for America, but we don't do that. But China is, and Russia is. They look at our critical infrastructure. And Biden laid out our seventeen areas of critical critical infrastructure specifically, so Xi and Putin would know what they are. The Manchurian president. Is always very helpful to our adversaries. They write it here in the article, we need to identify where these transformers are and get them expected. Duh. Recognizing this vulnerability, this is a policy problem, right? Donald Trump in 2020 issued an executive order declaring national emergency over threats to the nation's electric grid. The order essentially banned the purchase or installation of any bulk power electric equipment designed or built by any company under the control of countries hostile to the United States like China. But when the Manchurian president got into office in 2021, one of the first things he did was suspend this executive order against specifically prohibitions against Chinese electrical equipment and allowed it to remain in place. So this destruction of our electrical grid was being enabled and is being enabled by this administration. If you notice also in the destruction aspects here, if we take a look at the espionage world and Chinese espionage and thefts and look at other critical infrastructures we have here, what has the Biden administration done and Attorney General Garland done and the director of FBI done to address this problem? Well, they suspended the Trump program on Chinese espionage although Christopher Ray himself said they were opening a case a day on Chinese espionage, they shut that program down. Why? Because culturally it wasn't politically correct. They said it was targeting Asians. Well, who's conducting the espionage? Chinese. So have they replaced it? They say they've replaced it with something, but all we've seen recently is reports of Chinese police stations in the United States, other people embedded in US companies conducting espionage and such. And so those case goes on. But let's go back to the electrical grid for a second. Think about the draw, the demand that electric vehicles and electric vehicle charging stations would have on the grid they right? So here we have the Manchurian president pushing for electric vehicles, solar power, and wind power. All aspects that are dependent on China. So China's going to not only produce our electrical substations, they're going to produce these products and provide them to the United States. And in every one of these different aspects, you're probably going to see different backdoors, different technology and stuff inserted in there so that China can control these different devices. Now, having come from the intelligence community, I can just tell you this. There's a variety of different ways to manipulate chips, a variety of different ways to implant things on chips and such and bypass security systems, all right? And China's very adept at this. So it's amazing here in the United States that people, again, think we're safe, we're secure, and we have the two oceans that we're well protected. No, dispel that myth. And one of these days, unfortunately, we may have to wake up to this type of what I call America's Armageddon. Well, in this article, they point out that history has already painted a rather grim image of what would happen on a large-scale outage. They said in 1977, New York City went dark after lightning struck power lines, only to be illuminated by fire and widespread arson, looting, and riots. More than 4,500 arrested people were, were made for looting. More than 550 police officers were injured and over $300 million worth of damage. When we talk about destruction, does that bring something to memory? Because destruction is also not taking place, not just for my adversaries like China, but the leftist, radical, extremist, domestic terrorists called Antifa, which are on speed dial for the progressive Democrats. The summer of love. We saw billions of dollars worth of damage, arson stuff. We've seen billions of dollars in damage and arson stuff that affected federal buildings, and federal institutions. Yet, for those activities, Americans have long forgotten about them and prosecutions have still yet to take place. And unfortunately, they probably won't take place. We've also seen further destruction by the domestic progressive radical left on a variety of other fronts. So the radical left, BLM, Antifa, and other groups are used to cause violence, destruction, and chaos. And you see Congresswoman Rashid Shalib come out and call for the climate activists to get more vocal, more aggressive, more threatening, and more violent. Why isn't she being arrested or being censored for promoting violence and insurrection in the country? That's beyond me. But we've also seen them come in and destroy our civil and constitutional rights. We saw that under the COVID flu lockdowns, the China flu lockdowns. We see that with our children's education right now with the transgenderism aspect. There are states like California who are putting laws into place that destroy the American family because if your child, who is too young to vote for a reason, who is too young to make decisions for themselves on taking certain medicines and stuff, is then given the right by, by law they're trying to pass in California to decide that they're a boy, but they want to be a girl. And that unless you do that, you as a parent will lose your children to the state. These are the extremes that are willing only going to go to. Our federal government purposely ignores your civil and constitutional rights because they also refuse to declare the pandemic was over until just recently. We see in spades day by day, the replay on the news It's so disheartening, it's so disgusting that the weaponization of our national security apparatus, and as Durham pointed out, the FBI completely ignoring the law and the constitution that took oaths to uphold and to defend, to then have their leadership drive the subversion and insurrection and an internal insurgency in the United States here, but yet they're not being tried for treason, not being held for anything. But yet we see, again, the people on January 6th who took part in peaceful demonstrations, persecuted, prosecuted, why? Because it's part of the disinformation, it's part of the deceit, it's part of the destruction of America. We saw President Biden, the Manchurian President Biden, come into office. What's the first thing he did? He destabilized our economy, disrupted our economy, and and destroyed our economic situation by what? mass spending and destroying our energy independence. He also massively destroyed our borders and our border security. So now we have seven to eight to 10 million people coming into the American here who we have no clue what they are, including Chinese illegals of military age who are undergoing and implementing unrestricted warfare against America. So we have to believe what we see here, people. We see the massive regulations and restrictions on businesses quadrupling in the last couple of years, last three years of the administration. We've seen the massive increase in debt and tax increases because, as Lenin said, the best way to crush the middle class or the bourgeois, which is the majority of Americans, is through inflation and taxes. We see now the Democratic progressive elite candidates, so-called self elite candidates, all of them, when they ran in 2020, declared they would support free health care and education for illegals, but not for you, the people. So they're destroying and subverting our American citizens' rights, constitutional rights, and civil liberties. But they're doing it to bring in a whole new plantation of dependency and doing it by driving deceit using disinformation and destroying our American values, our American governing institutions, and the trust in American government. In closing, our country is under attack from external adversaries and internal insurgency that seeks to remove God from our lives and replace him with government, to remove our allegiance to our country and replace it with an amorphous world order, and to denigrate and undermine our constitution, freedoms, and rule of law. Our adversaries want to replace America, which has served as the guiding light of freedom across the globe, and replace it with this dystopian, tyrannical, and subjugated society, a society that compliant, that complacent, that complicit, and corrupt. We must fight back against what this pure battle of good versus evil is. And so today's program on deceit, disinformation, and destruction, I just wanted to highlight You can take news articles from any day of the week, any month of the year, over the last four decades, and you find examples of the same thing. But we must speak up. We must act up. We must get involved and get vocal. We must get loud. We must do so at the local level, ensure our education, local city councils, district supervisors, et cetera, we have our people in place there and hold them to account. You must, whether you're Democrat, Republican, Independent Vote for those who will drive those true American values back in. Don't just vote straight down the ticket, because if you're voting for stupidity, you're going to get stupidity. Look at San Francisco. Look at Baltimore, the District of Crime. And you see what's happened there. We're going to see America's Armageddon, and we're going to see the progressive unrestricted war of terror on America continue unless we decide to do something to stop this. I'm here on the National security hour to tell you what you need to hear, not what you want to hear. I will go outside the fog of the daily chaos to give you a strategic perspective on national security issues and speak truth to power, the power of we the people, so we together can best ensure the resilience and security of our republic.